Um, I know time is important, but I'm going to preach something that's really, I think, is something we need to hear tonight. Something we need to hear for our nation or in the midst of what we stand and where we're at in our nation. I'm going to speak about something, so I want to drive in a point really, really hard, if that's okay with you tonight. Um, let's pray. Father, thank you that as we go into a time just hearing your word and what you have to say for us, I pray that you will come and open our ears, open our minds, and help us to hear your word, but not just to hear it, but become doers of what you say to us through your word. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I don't know about you, but there were times in my life where I had the opportunity to help my dad in the garage. Anybody here? All the guys probably. I don't know about the ladies, just some guys. Okay, well, <laughs> anyway, there were some times where I had the opportunity to help my dad in the garage. And he would say, would you please bring me a spanner? And the first question is, what size? And then he would say, maybe a 10. And you would bring an 8, 9, 10, 11, and a 12. You know, you know that. And you bring all the spanners because you might come there, it might not fit, and you have to bring another one. And those were times that I wish I had more of with my dad. That because I was teenagers, so I would just, oh, let's just quickly do it. But it was time spent together. And I, I specifically remember this one time we were at a friend's house, and his dad was working on the car. He was lying under the car. It wasn't on a jack. So it was just, you know those old 84, 85 Jettas? Nice car. It's high enough so that you can crawl under, but the dad was a bit bigger. So he was just, just fitting under that car. And my friend and I were standing outside helping, giving spanners, and I said, there's no music. So this friend of mine, he goes and he sits in the car, and I remember, man, it was so funny, because like as the car's standing there, his feet are sticking out here, and I heard these weird sounds like a girl screaming under the car, because now when my friend went to sit on the car, I pressed you know, his dad's chest, and it was very funny. The words that came out weren't funny. Um, yeah, it was in a free state. What can I say? So it's all these things that happen, but what I want to bring across is we're doing the things together. When I change the tire of the car, when I do something like that, or the other day I, I, I build a pull-up bar at my house. It's not the best-looking one, but it does the job. But Aiden helped me, and he was standing. Oh, it, was, it was so funny. I said, Aiden, hold the bar so I can weld it. And this is how he stands holding it. But at least he was standing there holding the bar for me. It was so cool. And we did something together. The bar is standing and we can do pull-ups and play on it. And um, so I just want to bring across that it is better together. My sermon title for tonight is Better Together. It's always better doing things together. And you're going to hear me say that a lot tonight. So please bear with me because I, I almost want to brainwash you a bit. So that when you walk out here, that whatever you think of, hey, better together. You know when you want to buy a car and you see a Land Rover, maybe that's the car you want to buy. It's the one I would like to buy. Every car you see on the road is Land Rover. You don't see a Ford. You don't see anything else. You just see Land Rover. So what I want to bring across tonight is better together. Okay. I wonder if the guys, if you can put that, that picture on. I want to share a story with you guys. There we go. So that was a warrior race that some friends pulled me in to do with them the one time. That guy at the bottom there, that's me. It's smiling, it's laughter, it's grinding of teeth because I'm pushing that other friend of mine across the obstacle. 
And you can see there's so many people on this. The other, we were three in the team. There were so many of us in that that did it together. The three of us were around every obstacle. You almost had to help each other. And I thought tonight to, to show you just what it feels like to work together. I asked him to show me. Um, Andrich and I were working on a clip. So if you can show the first clip, that will be cool. You see how they all just go together and have a lot of fun. I don't, know, I don't like getting full of mud or stuff like that. When I did that race, I came out of one mud pool, and I was just, Olivia said, what's wrong? I was just pulling out my eyes because I had my contact lenses in, and I just took them out and threw them down because it was scratching the life out of my eyes. But did you see the togetherness in that when they ran the race, when they did that together? The Bible speaks about us running a race. And when I thought of the sermon for tonight, I thought, wow, you know, showing you the video of how they do the things together, how they go through all the things, the obstacles. It might not be very nice. It might be muddy. Sometimes you have to be um, careful for the wiring. But it's together. And doing things together just makes it so much better. I, um, got a, um, came that, sorry, I came across that scripture again in Matthew 18, verse 20, where Jesus says, where two or three people are together in my name, I am there with them. And I think we experienced that here tonight, didn't we? Two or three or more people together in my name, I am with them. And I thought, wow, that's so amazing. When we do things together, God is in that with us. I was thinking of the disciples. Jesus had the disciples around him, 12 guys around him all the time. And he spent about three years with them, always together. And even when he sent them out, he said, go and pray for the people, heal the sick, cast out the demons. He sent them out two by two always better together. I think the essence is with together. When we're together, big things happen. The Bible says that one makes a thousand flee, two makes 10,000 flee. That's right. So the more, the better when you're together. Interesting story. Just, just to make sure that I, I land this well. There was this guy, I don't know if you know him, um, he's Tolkien is his surname. He wrote a book, um, Lord of the Rings. That guy, you guys know him? Cool, thank you for the, the back reading. So this guy wrote the book, Lord of the Rings. But I read up something very interesting about him. He used to have in the UK, he would come together with a group of people. And being Tolkien, with his imagination, they would call themselves the Inklings when they come together. Okay, so they would come together. I think they called it the worm room or something like that, something weird. Come together, and these guys will every now and then sit together 
and just discuss, you know, things. How can we do this and how can we improve from this and go forward? And quite interesting because, you know, iron sharpens iron. Someone else was in this group and Tolkien said to this guy, listen, you've got a good in-depth knowledge of Jesus, but I think you should use your imagination more. And C.S. Lewis wrote the book of Narnia because they were together. See what happens when you're in a room together with people. And there's things that happen, big things that happen when you come together and you start moving with what the Lord is showing you to do. So that's a very interesting story. And I thought, man, it's so amazing if I think of us sitting here in this auditorium, if, if we really grasp what God has got for us and we move, there's nothing that can stop us. It's always better to get it. It's always better in a group to be together with people and go through things. Then all of a sudden, it, it feels like it's not that hard because I've got someone that carries me, comes alongside of me. And I don't know if you've realized, but we live in a world where it's a bit different. The world paints a picture of you go forward as one person. Moving forward, it's, it's like I need to climb this corporate ladder and I need to move up, up, up. Levels and levels. And I, I remember once I saw a picture of a guy standing on top of a mountain, like he's made it. Wow, you know? Got his hands up and he's like cheering, I've made it. But when the picture, when the when the um the camera zoomed in, this guy was standing on a pile of humans. He was actually just stepping on people on people on people getting to the top. And that's the picture that the world sometimes paints for us, the world we live in, live in. It's not the same as kingdom. Kingdom is, it's better together. World is, I need to move on my own. I need to make something for myself. If I don't make it on my own, nothing's going to help me. So that's what the world thinks. They need to think that we're all on our own, and we're moving in this together, where the Word of God actually wants us to come together and says we must move together. Um, Romans 12, verse 2, it says that we must um, do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And we've spent a whole term in the book of Romans, specifically Romans 12. And I've read through it a couple of times. I've started last term already, just reading through it so it can become part of me, so I can hear what the Lord says to me through Romans 12. And I felt tonight, because many times you know that we, we, wanna, we know it's better together, but in a group of people where I find myself, you know, what do I bring to that group? What do I as an individual bring to the group of people? Or how can I add value to this group? And I want to spend some time on that tonight. Yes, better together, but how do I prepare myself when it comes to that? Very interesting. Um, yeah. When I think of this and think how will we as an individual, prepare myself. There were three things that came up. I was reading the King James Version. The first one is being a living sacrifice. That's the one point. The other point is, is to be a serve God with spiritual gifts and then behave like a Christian. And I thought that maybe just before I move on, we've seen the clip of how it's so amazing with the guys moving forward and, and you know being together. But I want the guys to show another clip to you from the same um, Jeep race. But the guys are preparing for how they prepare as individuals. Can you show that clip, please?
So you see people as individuals training hard, preparing themselves for something. And I'm um, sorry, I, I just I, I look at that from a coaching perspective and I just say no rape, no rape, no rape, sorry. <laughs> That's me. Um, yeah, it's just so interesting seeing how people prepare themselves for something. And, and it actually, I felt the Lord spoke to me through this or, or about this. There comes a time in our lives we, when we have a preparation time and then God takes us into a, a, a given opportunity that you've been prepared for, for this thing. And he builds your character. He builds your character. He trains you, he trains you. And then something comes along your way, maybe an obstacle or something you face at work, something, a challenge in a relationship. But because you've been help, allowing the Lord to build your character for that specific moment, God says, use this. We train and build up ourselves for times when God says, this is your time. This is what I want to use. This is what I want to do through you. I've got a, um, a, a small testimony. I've asked, asked her if I'm allowed to share it. Um, we all know Angelique. Um, if I could, I would have given her the mic, but she won't do that. Um, Angelique, when I got to know Angelique, she was sitting in the office. Um, her and Luke weren't together yet. And um, she was just sitting there, and um, we started talking. But I asked, always asked her, what are you watching? And she says, no, I'm watching things on relationships. Or she's watching YouTube things on, on marriage. And she's not married. She doesn't have a boyfriend. But yet she's preparing herself. Okay? And then, yeah, you can clap. Go for it. Because Luke's a lucky man. <laughs> and when the day comes, man, I still remember I was sitting in the office and Luke came into the office, and I looked at the two of them, and it was like this little light bulb. And I'm like, what is this happening? You know, so it was so funny. But it was really cool that she was prepared through everything that happened in her life with, all the, with, with relationships and things like that. She was preparing herself for the time when Luke said, you know, will you marry me? And she's actually well prepared for marriage. And she's a very good example. You can all go and hear her story. She would love to tell it to you on a one-on-one -on -one basis. I know she would. Just how she was preparing herself. And I think the Lord wants, that's something the Lord wants to show us, is that each and every one of us should prepare ourselves for that one time. And I think when it comes to better together in a group, I want to go into that now and, and just share just three things, what I think that will help us. When I get into a group, what I can do to prepare myself so that I can be better in the group. So the first one of being a living sacrifice, verse 1 to 2 in Romans 12, it actually says it is, um, it is an act of worship when it comes to being a living sacrifice. And very interesting, when I read it, it um, the, the meaning of sacrifice, it means literally, literally being a living sacrifice on a daily basis. And you might think, well, what does that help me with being in a group of people? If I am a living sacrifice for the Lord and, and walking amongst these people, I'll be the first to say, how can I help in this? Or I'll be the first to say, how can I carry this? Or I'll be the first to say, let me just come alongside you. I see you don't have a nice day today. Are you okay? You get it? Being a living sacrifice, just being there and not looking at myself, but looking at the best of other people. Then, going from there into verse 3 to 8, 
And this is something I really want not, to not spend too much time on, but I want to I stick here for a while. It says there, serve God with spiritual gifts. And it goes into seven gifts that we see from Romans 12 that we can use. And something I thought of when I read this, and I thought, wow, this is actually cool. It doesn't say these are the gifts for the pastors or these are the gifts for the leaders. It says these gifts are for everybody. So it's all of you and me sitting, standing, sitting here, okay, that these gifts are for. And the first gift we speak about is prophecy. And I just want to say, if God has given you a gift of prophecy, that you must exercise that gift. Because it's something amazing that God's given you that you can use to encourage other people, to change other people's lives. I remember with the one-day event we had with young adults the other day, how many people came to us afterwards and said, those prophecies, man, wow, was really amazing. We had words, we had, we had things that we, you know, God spoke to us about that other people did not know. God is really faithful, and when it comes to prophecy, it also means that we have to hear God's voice. Prophecy is hearing God's voice and just speaking what He's saying to you, to someone else. So I need to know that I hear God's voice, so I need to spend time with the Lord to hear His voice. So if you feel that sometimes I stand in front of someone and I, and I see different things, you know, and I think, where is this coming from? from? Maybe the Lord is starting to prepare you and He wants to use you to speak out prophecies over people. And a very good place to start is amongst your people, better together. If you're in a life group, go to the life group leader and say, I feel I need to start prophesying over people more. Will you walk a road with me? So that I, when I say something, because sometimes we do miss it, you know. There's certain things we, we do, when we, do when we prophesy where we don't go in. Um, but if the Lord's laying something on your heart and you say it, it can change the other person's life. Sometimes you might feel, but I don't have something to give. And prophecy is not that difficult. Prophecy is you, you get compassion for the person in front of you. And you feel, Lord, what are you saying to this person, to their heart right now? And you speak it. Second one is serving. And this is quite cool because I think oh, there's so many places in the church where we can serve. If you feel God's given you the gift of serving or you feel an unction inside of yourself, man, I just want to carry stuff. Or I just don't, every time you find yourself, you're carrying something for someone. If you don't know where to get involved or where to serve, please come and speak to us. Man, there's so many places in the church where you can get involved in if you want to serve. If you feel, I'm not a good speaker in front of people, but I can carry stuff. I always say to Olivia, I'm like a pack donkey. Whenever, you know, I like carrying stuff and walking around and moving things. Um, it's something I like doing. So if that's you, please. Then the third one is teaching. I want to say something here with the teaching part. Usually teachers are very good at reading and, and grasping things, but they're not so good at listening. So if you feel there's a call in your life to teach, ask the Lord to open your ears to hear what the people are saying. Because if I hear, I can teach properly. So that's a good thing. Teaching is very, very cool. Fourth one, encourage. Man, this is amazing. You, get, you know you get some people that you stand alongside them, they can't help themselves. They're just like, oh, you, you're looking so amazing today, you know, and you feel like you failed an exam. And they're like, wow, you got above 50. Amazing. No, but I wanted 60. No, no, 50 is awesome. It's on the other side. You know, people just want to encourage you. When you're down, this is the person you want to be around. They're going to encourage you and lift you up. And if you feel that's what God's called you to do, that's a gift inside of you, man, yeah, just use it. 
you know, it's better together. It will help the whole body. And when I'm speaking tonight and you, when I go through the gifts and you think, wow, I can relate to that one, I can relate to that one. I'm hoping that the Lord will tonight highlight certain things for you, but not just highlight it, but that you will go from here and start saying, well, Lord, help me to use it. You know, how can I use it for the person next to me? Maybe on your way home in the car, discuss these gifts. And if your gift is prophecy, drive home and say, I want to give you a word. You know, even if it is, God loves you. You know, you've given something and you start there or you want to encourage someone. Maybe tomorrow is a huge day for someone and you know that. You walk up to him and then say, tomorrow's going to be fine. You're going to make it. Okay? Good one. Encouragement. Fifth one is contribute to needs. I wrote down here, it's not always money. People think when you're contributing to needs, it's, it's, you know, you give money. Yes, there is that factor as well, but it's not always money. It might be of your time for someone else. I might just contribute my time and go and sit with someone that I know needs just someone to sit next to them right now. Contributing to the needs of people. The sixth one is leadership. Man, this is cool. I, I think leadership is a very cool gift and a very nice gift to have. But someone once told me way back, I think it was in 1999, a leader usually is a guy that can run. So I get something and then I run with it. And when I look behind me, the people are all still standing there at the back. I saw a picture the other day, and a leader isn't always someone that leads from the front. It's someone that encourages the people to stand next to him, or he goes and stands behind them, and he pushes them in a direction. So even with leadership, it's better together. A leader is good when he comes from behind and helps and encourages the people to know exactly where they need to move. And because he's moving, they'll move alongside him. Leadership. Really like that. The last one is showing mercy. Sure. I actually I went onto the internet. I want to read this to you. It's a, it's a blessing that is an act of divine favor or compassion that you show to someone. Mercy is very, very, very important in the kingdom of God. You get people you get people that sometimes do wrong to someone, and you need to show mercy to that person. It also says that mercy is a gift that you show to your enemies. So someone has, that has wronged you, that you say, I know you've wronged me, but I'm extending mercy. I'm forgiving you. Okay, so mercy is a good gift to have. I believe that the Lord wants to really encourage us tonight. If you feel that there's mercy in your heart towards people, surround yourself with people where you can show mercy. People need that a lot. And then, so that's the first point, is we're living sacrifices. Verse 3 to 8 is that um, we serve God with spiritual gifts. And the last one is verse 9 to the end. And I can spend a lot of time on this one, but I'm not going to. Um, it is behave like a Christian. Oh, my word. I want to tell a short story because I thought of this immediately when I thought of this, behaving like a Christian. So there's this one pastor in America who told this story in one of his sermons. I listened to some of his sermons, Craig Rochelle. And he says he was driving the one day in his, in his truck. They call it most trucks. So he was driving and he just cut in in front of a guy to, you know, go and stop at a red light or something like that. And this guy really didn't like what he did. So as they pulled away, um, Craig's windows are tinted. So the guy can't really see into his car. But this guy's window was rolled down. And as he passed him, he showed him something that's not nice with his hand. 
And Craig Richard looked at this guy, but now he's very animated. So he looked at this guy like, what? I didn't do something that bad, but let it go. But he says he couldn't let it go because as the guy went in front of him again, he saw his church sticker on that car. So someone from his church did something horrible to him right there. So he said, no, I couldn't leave it. So he pulled in next to that guy again at the robot. Now this guy's looking, and he wind down his window. And this guy's looking at his pastor. <laughs> you can imagine how that guy felt when that happened. And you know, it's very interesting. It's, it's, so <laughs> it's actually very funny. But behaving like a Christian, it says there in, in verse 9 to the end, it, it says we must honor one another above ourselves. That's what we must do. And it also says we must live at peace with everybody. I think in our country where we're at currently with what's happening, if we can really try and ask the Lord to help us to live at peace with the people around us, it will show the world that we are different. I thought of another thing that the Lord showed me the other day. I was reading, I was reading and I, I felt with behaving like a Christian. Um, the Lord, I was reading the book of Daniel, and the Lord showed me something. In the book of Daniel, the guys, the other um, officials, they wanted to pin bad things on Daniel, you know, try and find fault with him because he was doing so well, so they became jealous, and they thought, how are we going to pin something bad on this guy to get him removed? And the Bible says the only place they could find fault with him or find something to pin on him was with his religion. But I think that's where they made the mistake. So they went to the king and they said, listen, you must make a decree that everybody must worship you and they must not worship their God for a certain amount of time. And they knew because Daniel went to his room every like three times a day and he went and prayed. He didn't stop. So they had to throw him in the lion's den because of that. And that's how they tried to remove him. But the thing is, the Lord showed me, he said, that was where they made their mistake. Because God protects himself. The truth will fight for itself. The moment they went into his religion, Daniel didn't have to fight. The Lord fought on his behalf. And the Lord said to me, Daniel lived in such a way that no one could find fault with him. And I, as a Christian, must live in such a way that people will not be able to find fault with me. Although we do make mistakes, I'm not saying we must live mistake-free. I think we must be humble enough to say sorry. But live in a way that people cannot find fault, and the Lord will fight on your behalf. And if it is something, the Lord reminded me in this story, because then they threw the other people in the den and the whole family and the lions ate them up before anything, you know. And the Lord said to me that the disciples had such a zeal and, and, and a revelation of Jesus that they moved forward with God's kingdom, go and make disciples. And the Lord said to me that the anointing that's on our lives will push us forward. We must just be in a place continuously where we keep building ourselves and make sure that we're right for that one moment. Keep building ourselves so that when we're in a situation in corporate or in a group of people, that we bring value. What value do I bring in a group of people? I always think, or I sometimes think the last while quite a bit, when I visit with friends, I think if I'm gone now, I, I said to a friend the other day, we were visiting them, and I said, do I really bring value to our friendship? It's a hard question to ask. But I was looking in the eye and I said, do I bring value to this friendship? Because I don't want to just be one of those friends that just come and suck you dry. 
do I bring value? And he said, yes. But, you know, we can speak openly to each other. And we must be in a place where we prepare ourselves so that when we're in a group, that we really bring better together. If you understand what I'm saying. Because it's always better together, doing things better together. I believe the Lord has made us in that way. To want to be around people. To want to move with people. So if there's one thing I can leave with you tonight, it's that. When we go out of here tonight, think, Lord, how can I make myself better together with other people? Is there some gift that you've shown me tonight that I think this stands out for me? This is what I want. And how can I put this? I almost want to say, Lord, help me to put this gift on steroids so that I can use it amongst your people. Be willing and living sacrifices for the Lord. Amen. Cool. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you have given us your word that you help us to live at peace with everybody. I pray that you will work in us, Lord, that you will walk with us. That as we walk into this week, I pray that you will show people that they will really, really step out in the gifts you've given them. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would make us all bold and obedient to hear your voice, to do what you tell us to do. And as we move together in a community on a mission, God's kingdom, hearts, homes, and beyond, that we will move and we'll be better together, Lord. Help us to show mercy to our fellow brothers and sisters and advance your kingdom in Jesus' name. Amen. Cool. You guys must have a great week. Thank you. And we'll see you next Sunday. Cool.